Hello, Rob. Welcome to the first bonus track episode we've done in a while. Yeah, boy, it's uh, it really is a bonus track too, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, of course, we are here to discuss the two albums that we just didn't have time to get to uh, that was originally planned to be part of the October Part 2 episode that we released last week. Um, so we're going to uh, uh, play uh, the, uh, the part that we had to cut out for time last time. So um, we will be talking about um, two albums that were released in 1979. Not necessarily October. Uh, these are titles that uh, we, we don't have an exact release date on. So the to refresh everybody's memory, we are going to uh, be talking about the one and only um, LP released by an English band called uh, Cowboys International. Uh, the title of that album is The Original Sin. And we will also be talking about the debut from the Surf Punks which is a um, was kind of a childhood favorite of mine. But before we get to that, let's just um, uh, this is great because we have plenty of time. So Rob, there are a couple of things that um, we can kind of like touch base on, catch up on, little chit chat, a little like, hey, how you doing? So, Rob, hey, how you doing? <laughs> well, uh, pretty good. I got to tell you that um, I've been listening to a lot of music, you know, mm -hmm. um, and getting ready for the next big episode. Um, yeah. You know, and and I'm kind of jazzed. I mean, there's just so much good music coming in. You know, we're getting closer to the end of the year. Yep. So it, I, I can feel it kind of building you know i can feel this, this tension mounting and it's yeah it, it's uh starting to i don't know it's it's really starting to get to me i'm about to explode <laughs> yeah so. yeah so let's uh let's talk about that for a second let's talk about um november of 1979 so typically when we record an episode we haven't quite delved into the next batch of albums, but this time, because we're recording this a week later, we, in fact, I, this afternoon, was just finalizing the playlist for November, yeah. and I can say this, I'm very excited about, we, we are going to have some really interesting conversations you know, um, you know, uh, particularly in part one of October, there were a number of albums where my response was basically, eh, yeah, yeah. none of that for November. Yeah. Uh, I have very strong feelings about just about all of the albums. One, one way or the other. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and. I am so happy to say that because when I was kind of looking at the rundown, I was a little lukewarm, yeah. but um, a lot of really nice surprises. So that is definitely something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely agree with a lot of surprises. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there were some bands in here that I was thinking, 
they're going to be okay, or I'm probably not going to like this one. And mm-hmm. and going into it, I was really, like you said, pleasantly surprised. I mean, some of these bands that I expected not to enjoy, some of the albums I expected not to like, I really got into. So Yeah, yeah. I, yeah it's going to be cool. I, I anticipate some lively conversations. Um, speaking of lively conversations, let's let's uh, circle back to um, our the conversation that we had about the specials album. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I toyed with. I came so close to just cutting out that whole section where I went on my little rant about, um, you know, the lyrical content of that album, um, but. I ultimately I left it in. Um, got a great email from Paul C. Uh-huh, um, right. uh, um, providing a little bit more um, perspective, sort of a different take on it, which I think is in, important to acknowledge. I, I think he has um, some really great points. I won't read the whole email, but we spent a fair amount of time talking specifically at like an example to illustrate my point uh, was talking about the song Too Much Too Young, uh, which we featured. And so I want to read the section of Paul's email where where he addresses that specific song. So um, this is uh, coming from Paul C. He says, well, it's true that the lyrics at the end Um, about population control and contraception make it sound preachy. The rest of the song sounds to me like Terry Hall is inhabiting a character, specifically a jilted ex-boyfriend who's angry that his girlfriend has grown up and moved on. Um, And I say... You are probably right, Paul. And that's that's an excellent point. Um, You know, the reason why I brought it up in the first place is that, um, you know, for for many of us that grew up um, consuming and loving uh, media in the, the 70s and 80s, be it music or movies, um, you know, as a kid, I, I still have a, a childhood love of James Bond movies. So this is like an ongoing issue for me (laughs) is, um, you know, I think it's important as long as you have a conversation right now, we are literally having a conversation, but mostly, I mean, a conversation in your brain where you just examine, you know, what's going on in the, in the music or the lyrics, um, that's usually enough just to be aware, to ask the questions. I mean, to me, that's how you, how I reconcile my love for uh, flawed content. Um, so, but I would say that Paul has probably put more thought into this album um, and that issue than I have. And I will admit that my reaction was maybe uh, a little over the top. And that's just because I had lived with this album for so many years and never noticed it that, um, you know, it just that made it feel a little bit more insidious. You know, 
in between season one and season two, in the bonus episode, we spent a fair amount of time talking about the thorny issue of misogyny in um, punk and new wave. At that point, because I was more prepared for it, I, I clearly, you know, defined the difference between misogyny um, uh, being misogynistic, being chauvinistic, and being sexist. Um, and last episode, I threw around the word misogynistic for the, the specials album. I, I don't think that's the right word. I, I think uh, probably chauvinistic or um, sexist is uh, probably more appropriate. It's just from a very, it's very much from a young, horny guy perspective, um, and, you know, with all of the filters that come with that. And um, while I do think that you can look at specific songs and maybe rationalize away some of some of the thornier things, um, you know, just overall, when you look at that album, there are not many instances where women are portrayed in a positive light. Um, yeah. You know, so that's just, that's just, it was the 70, late 70s, you know, what, what are you going to do? So anyways, thank you so much for that, um, that extra insight, Paul. Um, I, I concede your point. I think that you're right. Um, and <laughs> one last thing, I, I think, so when we were talking about the Nax album, and I went on a little rat rant about their lyrics. Um, I was not willing to um, concede the possibility that the songwriter was uh, being ironic or or doing some sort of a sly commentary on the the double standards, um, you know from the male point of view uh, during the 70s because I, I just, looking at the whole content of that album, it just didn't seem like that sort of perspective was something that they would do or were maybe even capable of doing. I don't think that's true with, this, with the specials. I think they are some very, very smart, insightful people uh, creating that music. So it is entirely possible that um, all of these songs, it's a little harder to explain away the song Little Bitch because um, that's, <laughs> that's pretty straightforward. Um, but I will concede there, there's a, a much uh, a much more um, probability or likelihood that um, the so songwriting, the lyrics were um, more mindful and coming from a character and that that possibly the song was more of a, a critique of the character than of the person that they were ranting about. So, well, anyways. Yeah, I, I, I personally want to thank Paul because uh, I, I chose the song too much too young <laughs> with a little reluctance, I got to say. But, um, you know, and I, I always like that song. I just like mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, I was feeling kind of kind of like i said reluctant to push it out there but i did anyway and yeah, uh, it, yeah. i think paul's comment is gonna gonna help me like 
recognize or at least take a look at and examine a little closer some of the other mm -hmm. songs that we come up to uh, up mm -hmm. against on mm -hmm. our journey forward. So thanks yeah. a lot, Paul. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, we we are always very excited and thankful when we get an opportunity to have sort of a back and forth conversation with our um, listeners. That is one of the best parts about doing uh, this podcast. So another thing I want to bring up real quickly, um, last episode when we were talking about uh, the Dickies, um, I just, you know, I hadn't planned it, but just as we were talking, I, I just threw off sort of my vague recollection of the story behind the little oriental riff that they use in um, the Trisha Toyota song, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the little da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And of course, after we recorded it, as I was editing, I went back to check my facts to make sure I wasn't just like a pulling stuff out of my butt. And I'm happy to say that um, uh, mostly not coming out of my butt. <laughs> but, um, but <laughs> however, um, it is now, now I can clarify just a little bit more. So this, this riff is, um, usually referred to as the Oriental riff, also known as the East Asian riff and the Chinaman lick. So that is the last time you'll hear me use that phrase. <laughs> But th those are those are the three names um, that commonly referred to. Um, I was speculating that it first originated um, in an early Hollywood movie. It's actually older than that. So the first known example is from around uh, the middle of the 1800s. Um, wow! Uh, yeah, in a in wow. a stage show, a musical of some sort, although. Um, it has what we know now has certainly evolved from that first instance. So the, the melody is, is a little bit different. So, so just, uh, just adding to that little bit of information because I don't want to, uh, I, you know, I didn't want to lead anyone down the wrong path as far as their knowledge of that. Thanks for going the extra mile. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That was good. That was pretty good. Um, and then I have just one other quick little thing I want to bring up um, before we dive into these two albums, which is the last month and a half has been a great month and a half for us as far yeah. as our downloads. We've we've had the best month ever, like by, I don't know, like 25% improvement over the you know our best month before that and we've just really seen a spike and um that makes us very happy and very yes, excited um and so rob you're familiar with apple podcasts yeah right the the app the the place that you go to discover yeah, new absolutely new, new podcasts it is sort of the you know G google first page of search results version of a podcast, you know, mm, for, for yeah. podcasts. So um, the following week after Labor Day for the first time. So when you when you go 
there and you go to music and then you go to music history. And we actually made that list for the first time, um, which was really exciting. We hit uh, number 27 on in the U.S., Wow. Um, for music history, and we Very stayed good. stayed on the um, you know we showed up as as a featured podcast for about a week. Definitely saw um, a a spike of uh, new listeners, so that that made a difference. And uh, it seems like we've sort of retained them. So this month is going. To, it looks like it's going to be just as strong. Um, I think there was a combination of factors. So the 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 B-52s uh, episode was was very popular. I think we got a little bit of a boost from um, you know the social media outreach that they did to their followers, which helped. So thanks again to Mock Lobster, yeah, um, for for all of that. And then coincidentally, at the same time, we got our first. Um, podcast uh, review in a long time at the exact same time. And I cannot tell you what a difference that makes. So if you um, are a regular listener and you haven't gone to Apple Podcasts and and left, uh, you know, a review only has to be a sentence or so with a, a star rating, um, just makes all the difference in the world as far as our visibility. So yeah. we we have pleaded before. We will plead again. But yeah. um, and yeah. I, I can tell you this: if you are a regular listener and you have left a, a review, you can turn us on to your friends, and you can ask them to leave reviews too. <laughs> yep. You know, put the word out. Yeah, we've we, we've exhausted all of our friends and family at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they're exhausted all right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Rob, um, uh, speaking of exhausted, I've exhausted my checklist of uh, things that I want to cover before we get to these two albums. Um, anything for you? No. I, I, well, other than, I mean, we were talking about, you know, getting emails from people. And, and I just want to say that coming into the November episodes, um, I'm not going to get into it. I'll probably get into it a little bit later, but I want to ahead of time thank Ryan Ryan mm. for uh, sending mm-hmm. us an, uh, a message through Facebook, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. giving us some tips on yep. on what's to come. So yeah. Uh, yeah. anyway, it really helps that we get that input from our listeners and that feedback. So you guys keep it coming. That's right. Okay, let's uh, let's get into the last two albums that we uh, originally intended to discuss uh, last episode. So we have two more albums to discuss, and these are albums that um, were released in 1979, but not necessarily in October. But -hmm. because we have the slots, we're talking about them here. Uh, the first one is from a band called Cowboys International. So last episode, we um, took a listen to a band called The Reds. Um, right. That was a suggestion from one of our listeners. I'm pretty sure that this was another one of the bands that was on that list. Um, but completely different sound. I am <laughs> much more excited about talking 
about this album than I was the Reds album for a couple of reasons. One is I enjoy the music more, but more importantly, I I think it's a bit of a milestone. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited about it because we are we are hearing some things that are be going to in a couple of years become kind of a a a part of the new wave landscape Mm -hmm. and so this feels like a significant album i don't think it's a great album but i think it's it is um a significant one it is titled the original sin by um an english band called um Cowboys International. And what I'm hearing here for the first time is I'm hearing it it feels like sort of a um a template for uh, a new wave pop sound we're going to start hearing a lot of in a couple of years. So the bands that instantly pop up to mind that that this is the first time we've heard an album that reminds me of like Wang Chung, The Fix, Men Without Hats, uh-huh. yeah. those kind of like new wave bands that are pretty poppy and pretty synth oriented, but still have other instruments and have um, have a warmth to them. Um, Howard Jones also, to a lesser degree, kind of pops up where it's not like icy, chilly sort of synth pop. But um, yeah, so so that I'm not quite sure what to call that. When I say synth pop, I think people tend to think more like Yaz and Level 42 and bands like mm. that. Right, so there's right. there's this certain certain sound that you get from the fix. I, I love The Fix. This is the first band, first album that we've heard that makes me think of The Fix and bands like that. So, nice. but I find the actual songwriting completely unremarkable. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where are you at um, uh, with this album? Yeah, well... So there's a thing going on with this album that I'm not sure how to how to say it. I don't. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. I'll mm-hmm. be honest. To me, it it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of depth to the songs. Like mm-hmm. the the music and the vocals just seem kind of, I mean, typical mm-hmm. to me. And and mm-hmm. I don't I don't. Other than that, I don't know exactly how to describe yep. it. Um, so so before you move on, let me just say, typical. 1983, uh, not typical yeah, right. 1979. That Cheers. is the extraordinary thing about this album. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. And uh, had I heard this album in 1979, I'd probably feel a whole different, yeah, a whole different way about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, as far as the music goes, it's it's competent. It's it's all right. Uh, I feel like this album, though, the songs on this album are are songs that I would hear, uh, you know, in a soundtrack on a movie from 1983. Yep. And it's, it's always those songs that you never hear on the radio, but like, you know, <laughs> they're always playing on the radio in a movie. So this feels like a bit of a, a pioneer, mm-hmm. uh, that they're, they are pioneers in this album. However, bands 
that are going to follow in their footsteps are going to do it so much better. (laughs) We both picked a song off of this album. um, And the song that you picked, I think, was a great pick because this song crystallizes the whole album just in one song. It's pleasant and generic. So I picked I picked the song Aftermath. I don't know. It might be my favorite song on the whole album, mm. um, but it it is pretty much the route the entire album takes. It's uh, you know there's this continual vibe through the whole album, mm-hmm. and again, it's not that it's a bad vibe. It's not that it's a bad song. It's just uh, you know it's it's kind of typical. You mm-hmm. are dead right that it's that they're a pioneer because at 1979 this wasn't typical not at all yeah yeah so well um i have not gotten a record player yet um but i am starting to make my list of of vinyl that i i would like to have and i i think this is one that I want to get on vinyl and have it in my collection just because nice. it, it feels like a milestone. It feels like something that should be in my collection, you know, even if I don't listen to it that much. Um, I was glad that you picked Aftermath because that gave me permission to pick um, the song Wish, which is the last song on the album that that is by far... Um, I find by far to be the most interesting song off the album and the most different from the the rest of the music. So if you like this song, just be aware that the rest of the album is sounds a lot more like um, Aftermath. But this is a song called Wish. There's nothing in this world I would wish for that would be Now it's official. I've got a a new favorite song on the album. <laughs> uh, what a good what a good tune, and and yeah, so different than the rest of the album. Yeah, just a the a little bit more bite, a little bit more aggressive as far as having interesting um, uh, uh, arrangements. Yeah, pretty dynamic. Uh, and 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 in, instrumentation. If if the whole album was like this, then that would be a whole different story, and it would be a little bit mm-hmm. closer to um, uh, Bill Nelson's Red Noise type thing, which is an album right. that I absolutely adore. Um, mm-hmm. But 
there is a there's a blandness to this album um that that prevents me from um getting too excited about it other than in sort of an abstract um milestone acknowledging sort of a way yeah yeah I'm going to have to agree with you there. I'm really glad that this album was brought up because again, I, mm. I'd never heard it before and it was, yeah. it's kind of cool to, yeah. to experience something new. So, so, you know, the reds I could have like t- taken or, or left. Um, but I, I feel like if we hadn't included this album, then this season for what was going on in 1979 would have been deficient. So we, yeah. we owe, um, a debt of gratitude to um, eagle-eyed, eagle-eared listener who um, suggested that we add this to our list. So that is Cowboy International's debut album. Um, and I believe, well, I know, uh, their only release. Um, you know, there were uh, another notable thing about this band is that they, um, their members went on um to uh to be you know to really contribute to the whole new wave movement they went on to other bands um and like one of the members at one point point played uh drums for the clash so they were you know these these weren't just a bunch of high schoolers who put together a band um they were they were all pretty um were either well-established or would go on to have fairly successful um, career careers as musicians in the new wave movement moving forward. Yeah, excellent. So the last album we're going to talk about, um, I'm very excited about. Um, this is one that, uh, a band that I listened to a lot when I was in high school. Um that is the Surf Punks. So this is the Surf Punks debut album. Uh, so I mentioned earlier that uh, right before the season started, we both featured a song from a more obscure album uh, that we were excited about for uh, released in 1979. So my pick was the Surf Punks. Um, and we listened to a, a song called Surf Man, uh, surf men rather. And, um, I kind of goofed because, but it's a totally understandable goof. So what happened was the surf punks in 1979 released the album called surf punks. It was an independent release that they were, you know, selling out of the trunk of their car sort of a thing um <laughs> got a fair amount of airplay on local radio stations got them some attention um they were picked up by a major label epic and then the following year in 1980 epic re-releases the album now it's titled my beach and they have added a few songs. And so one of the songs that were added 
was Surfman. And that was the version that I had when I was a kid. Ah, Um, So I was not aware that the original 1979 release did not have Surfman on it. Um, But in any case, um, the Surfman. So they are, they were a um, Southern California band that they were surfer dudes who just decided that they would pick up some instruments and become a band. And they are, um, I, in my personal assessment, they are not particularly accomplished anythings other than <laughs> entertaining goofballs. Um, yeah. <laughs> not, you know, they, they, they are, competent musicians, not particularly accomplished um, songwriters, uh, very goofy, very misogynistic lyricists. Um, but yet when you when you're a high school in a uh, high schooler in the 80s, a guy, um, yeah. it's it's catnip. Um, so, so I just have a lot of very, very affectionate memories about um, this album. I, I know you're you're a fan as well, right? I am. Yeah, no, and and surf punks again is, is something that I used to listen to them in high school a lot, and uh, you know I didn't actually think about them being misogynistic as a high school student, but yeah. listening to it now, it's like holy crap, yeah, yeah. they they are, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but but and goofy as hell yeah. i mean these guys are yeah. are like damn near on the level of weird al you know they're yeah. they're so silly yeah. um yeah I, I keep picturing them as being like you know how we have street gangs this is a beach gang <laughs> and they're uh <laughs> you know showing off their muscles muscles and pushing people over in the sand yeah. you know yeah. it's, but well, they're, they're goofy as hell they and they they're um Lyrical rep- repertoire is pretty limited. They yeah. talk about, <laughs> just off the top of my head, I think they really only talk about three things. They talk about, well, four things. Um, surfing, partying, yep. girls, yep. and yep. beating up vowels. That's right, the vowels. So, so, yeah. so for all you Brits, vowels are valleys. The, the valleys is, is what they were referred to. Now, yeah. both Rob and I are Northern California boy boys born and bred. So we don't, we don't have any firsthand knowledge of it, but it was well, pretty, pretty clear. Oh, that's not actually, okay. that's not actually true. So I was born in Southern California in oh, Los Angeles County. I did not um, know that. Yeah, no, no, I didn't, I didn't move to the, to the Northern California or Central California area until, uh, or almost right before high school. Oh, okay. So, All right. Yeah. So, so where you where and where where do you live in Southern California? Um, I lived all over Southern California, but I'll uh-huh. tell you, I spent a lot of time at Venice Beach uh-huh. um, with my with my good buddy Pete, and um, these guys existed. I mean, you know, yeah. people like this existed. And uh, so, were you were you aware of like the valleys and then yeah. the locals you were aware yeah, yeah, of that yeah. dynamic uh, of course and and around that time of course uh the the popular song valley, valley you know girl. the valley girl yeah, yeah came yeah. out so yeah um so yeah we knew we knew them <laughs> yeah so for um for the brits out there uh the valley refers to the san fernando valley 
um, which is over the hill from uh, L.A. Mm -hmm. and um, the coast. And so that is where, you know, where all of the the maids and gardeners lived that went and, um, you know, uh, worked at these at the mansions um, where where all of the rich Hollywood people lived. Um, and the movie Boogie Nights really delves into that culture. It, they don't they don't really address the whole vowels versus locals thing, but but it captures the whole valley scene in the the mid to late 70s and yeah. into the 80s if anyone is not familiar with that whole cuz it really was kind of a subculture it um was. a lot they, of big hair in yeah. malls yeah 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 <laughs> and a lot of porn <laughs> well yeah there's a lot of that too yeah. so industry. anyways getting getting back to to the the surf punks so they like to talk about beating up vowels who came onto their beaches that was their sworn enemies that kind of gave them the fire to keep on keeping on you know fighting those vowels that's right that's probably not true but that's how it came across (laughs) in their music Um, well, especially in the song that I picked, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, which which is my beach, um, you know, it's basically the turf wars, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're they're essentially saying, hey, get off on my beach, and uh, that's one of the things that I remember that was an actual thing when I was over, you know, hanging out with my buddy Pete and Manuel at Venice Beach. Uh, you'd have these these guys just like you know strutting their stuff and giving attitude for people that didn't belong there. This song is was um, the Surf Punk's breakout hit, and really they were. It was. I mean, I, you got to you got to keep that phrase in context. So that was what put them <laughs> on the map here in California. That's the yeah. song that probably got them the record um, deal with Epic. Um, well, it certainly was because that's what they they named the re-release of the album. It is um, by far the most popular surf punk song on Spotify. So um, let's listen to My Beach.
Man, don't take it seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Super silly. Having fun. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like like I said, it's it's damn near parody level entertainment. (laughs) Yeah. And just to just to kind of illustrate the very narrow scope um, of of the surf punks, you know, um, interests. Their second most popular song is called "My Wave." (laughs) Yep, which exists on my beach. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It would be be hilarious if this album made it on anyone's top 10, but seems awfully unlikely. I have have a love for this album, but at the same time, I think it's garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, affectionately. Affectionately so. Yes. I love it as well. Yeah, it it is the Twinkie... Uh, Twinkies of of punk. Well, it's it's not punk. It's not post punk. It's I don't know what it is, but it, it is the Twinkie version of whatever the fuck it is. It's it's beach music. Yeah. <laughs> so just to quickly recap, Madness's debut album, One Step Beyond, was released in October of 1979, as well as the. Dickies' sophomore release, Dawn of the Dickies, The Humans' debut, Reproduction, The Fly's second and final album, Own, The Germs' one and only release, G.I., The Specials' debut, The Specials, Cabaret Voltaire's debut called Mix Up, Cowboy International's one and only release, The Original Sin, and Surf Punk's uh, debut called Surf Punks. Okay, Rob, best of show. What do you got for me? Ooh, best of show. Um, you know, boy, that's hard. It's it is hard, man. There's so much, so many good things in here, but. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go where it's a toss up. I think I'm going to have to go with human league. Mm. Well, I am super excited about the human league, uh, album, but I got to go with, uh, the specials debut album, misogyny and all. Um, I, I just, the, the music just makes me so happy. And, when the lyrics aren't, um, when they aren't wagging their finger at women and they're wagging their finger at somebody else, I, I, I love the messaging as well. So, yeah, yeah. no fault. It's a good, good album. Yeah. Well, Rob, I guess our work here is done. Um, So I find find this, I find this very, very, I find a lot of fun, but I'm going to tell Mm -hmm. you, this is basically part three of a two part (laughs) episode. (laughs) Yes. Well, I, um, you and I are, uh, you know, um, outside of the actual recording of this podcast, having a conversation about plans moving forward. We're going to kind of just see how this lands but um you know we've we're cooking up some we're scheming we've got some schemes for (laughs) you know we're this podcast is always evolving so um it is quite possible that 
Um, what we did here is going to be more like the new norm. We'll, we'll just see. Um, so two weeks, the first Sunday of November, we will be talking about uh, the releases of November 1979. As we indicated at the top of the show, um, we're very excited about it. It's going to be a very lively conversation, uh, which I am gearing up for. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Last episode, we went out on a teaser for one of the more obscure albums that we'll be discussing. Um, and I w won't reveal what that is, although it seemed like that was a pretty obvious one for anyone who kind of knew their punk. Uh, they probably recognized the voice pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, but there's no reason why we can't go out on another teaser for November. This one, not easy at all. Um, typically, when we record and we talk about the teasers, we have no idea what the songs are going to be. Um, you know, or what albums, but because we're pretty far in the process of, of getting the, it together, um, we do know um, it's a very, very obscure band and um, an album that I'm probably the most excited about talking about. Um, so let's see if you... Um, if you recognize it, if you do, then you're probably from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, the 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 stakes are so low. <laughs> that right, good point. <laughs> who cares? Uh, anything else, Rob? I, I think I think that's it. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Thanks a lot, everybody. Okay, everybody, we will talk to you in two weeks. Have a, a great rest of the month. See ya. Jackie's mom, so serene, told us all. He was green and they said it. It was crazy. Well, a little bit, a little bit lazy. Lived a life of luxury. Told his own man what to see. And they said, you're a free freak. You gotta see the stars. Yeah.